Hello. I'm glad there's a few of you here. That way if I totally screw this up, it'll still probably resonate with at least one of you. Uh, um, yeah. I haven't actually done a full sermon before. This is going to be exciting. And I, turns out I forgot to ask how long I have. So buckle up. Um, yeah, the, uh, and, but in reality, I actually subscribe to the five B's of public speaking, which is be brief, brother, be brief. Um, and so we're going to keep this exactly that. And I am going to make sure I don't go too long. All right. Yeah. Let's pray, because this works way better if these aren't my words, but they are their gods. Um, so, Lord, thank you for this opportunity for us to gather as a family, that we have an hour plus of time to help each other move from where we currently are to take those steps closer to be where we can be with you. So, may, why, may my words be quiet and your words be loud, and that we can be blessed together by what we have. Amen. All right. Abide series. We are in the Abide series. Um, it's kind of like the John series, except we're now abiding. We were in the John series, now we're in the Abide series. It all happens to be in John, too. Um, Anyways, um, today we're talking about abiding, abiding in God, um, the dude abides, just hang out with God, just try to be with him. Um, the passage of scripture that I'm talking about, I don't think that was me, um, was, is John, John 6. Um, it's a, a, a portion of the Bible that I actually find to be remarkably challenging. Um, when I learned we were doing the series of John, I actually, on John, I came up to Simon and said, hey, if we're going straight through, it means we're hitting John 6, which is one of the most difficult sections of Scripture that I know of. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what you have to say about it. And he goes, yeah, do you want to do that message? And I laughed. And then I realized he was serious, and I stopped laughing. Um, and so I think this is a warm jacket. We'll leave it here. Um, context. This is John 6. So... In the beginning of John 6, Jesus feeds thousands of people. This is the Jesus feeds 5,000 men plus women and children um, on like a few loaves of bread and some fish. Um, the disciples all get into boats. Jesus goes into the mountain to pray. And then Jesus leaves via walking on water. Um, the crowds wake up and go... Where did Jesus go? Um, some other people go, oh, Jesus went to the other side of the lake, too. We don't know how he got there, but he's there now. Um, so all of the crowd gets into boats. They go to the lake, too. They find Jesus, and then they have a conversation about food. Um, Jesus says, you came to me, and not because you saw cool miracles or anything like that, because I fed you, I fed you bread and fish. Um, and they say, well, you say you're something great then, prove it. Our fathers ate manna in the desert. And Jesus says, well, Moses didn't give your fathers food from bread from heaven, but my father will give you bread from heaven. And all of the people went, oh, yes, yes, give us that bread. Um, and Jesus' response is, I am that bread. Um, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And then the Jews went, wait a tick. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Um, 
Welcome to the end of John chapter 6. This is where things get a little bit more con like confrontational, um, a little bit more interesting. Quick pause. We're all going to need a Bible today. Probably. Um, you don't need to read the text with me, but you'll probably need one later. Um, mine's here. Hold up your Bible. Do you have it on the phone? There's a few in the pews. Um, like, I'm serious. If you don't have one yet, um, take the moment. While I'm talking, I encourage you to pull out your phone and go to the app store in the middle of my talk. Um, like, do it. Get a Bible. Um, it might be handy later. Rad, and we're doing good with time. So we're going to go to John chapter 6, verse 53. This is where things kind of get interesting. Um, there's passion here. I will try to read it with feeling. Um, I'm not a thespian. I'm not very good at feelings. Um, and so roll with me. But this is an impassioned moment. Um, so again, we just got to um, people saying, how are you going to give us your flesh to eat? And Jesus responds, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, referring to himself, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And he said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. And on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Or who can listen to it? And that's what, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't notice that he'd slipped into parable mode. And like, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Um, what then if you saw the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. And he went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. And from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And Jesus' response is, looking to the twelve, you do not want to leave two, do you? Or the translations, do you want to leave two? We'll pause there. Jesus just gave a hard teaching. He didn't explain it. The whole crowd thinks he's talking about cannibalism. That's offensive. Um, they think he's literally saying, eat my body. Um, he's an average-sized Jewish man of the time, which means he's short. Um, so even if you take him literally, there's just not that much of him to go around. Like, that's just not very fair. Um, but it's very off-putting to most societies. If I was up here to say, like, literally people, if you want to live forever, you got to eat me and drink my blood. Um, that's kind of gross. Um, but for the Jewish customs, like, their law specifically says, do not drink blood, period. 
Um, like, don't, don't do it. And so it's hugely off-putting, and Jesus doesn't explain it. He doesn't explain it. His disciples are leaving, his followers are leaving, and he doesn't explain it. He just looks at the people who are left and says, are you going to leave too? That's hard. Because this isn't the only point in Scripture where there is a hard teaching that doesn't get an explanation. It kind of goes throughout. I'm doing great. Um, Like, this isn't the only hard teaching in Scripture. There's a bunch of them, and some of them matter. Like, Jesus said, I'm coming back soon. That was 2,000 years ago. What does that mean? My definition of soon is different than yours, apparently. Like, I don't understand. Jesus said, whoever believes in me will do greater works than these. In this story today, Jesus already walked on water and fed 5,000 people. That's impressive. Have you all done that? No, that's a hard teaching. It doesn't get explained. We breezed over a little one in this text um, where it says, no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Dig into that, and that's a deep one and a hard one, and it's not explained here. It's not explained. It says in the Bible, women are not permitted to speak in church. That's taken out of context, but still, I have known plenty of people who get totally hung up on that, and it doesn't get explained easily then. And people leave. Disciples leave. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. That's crazy, I'm out. People are leaving, and Jesus and God do not explain it right away, or at all. Instead, they will look at us who are left and say, are you going to leave too? But he asks this literally to his disciples who are sitting there, are you going to leave too? Um, Peter, a man after my heart, answer, um, he's that guy, always. Um, He puts his foot in his mouth routinely. I'm familiar with that. Um, And he responds. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. That's a wise response. It's like, I don't get this. What you just said is crazy to me. But where would we go? You are giving us the words of life. And we've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. It's quite the proclamation. And they stick it out. They stick it out. And these disciples learn what the story means. Like, you and I know what Jesus is talking about, I think, about... You know, I am the bread of life. Um, eat me, drink me. Um, so, you know, Jesus gave his life to be consumed by sin. He's on the cross, the sin of the world, your sin, my sin, future, past. It doesn't matter what you're going to do, what you've done. Everything that's crappy about us gets put onto Jesus. He gets to experience the pain of God turning his back on him as he cries out, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he gets consumed. His blood is literally poured out. His body is broken and buried. His flesh and bone are consumed because of the sin we poured onto it, and he dies, but he conquers it. 
He's raised from the dead, washed clean, and freed us from that, from all of the sin we pour onto his body. It consumes him, and he conquers it and wipes it clean and gives us eternal life so we can be with God. Amen? And every few Sundays, we do this together. We do the thing, we get the bread and the juice or wine or whatever, and we do this in remembrance of him. Because God gave his body to die, and we consume it. We believe we consume it to have eternal life. And we do have eternal life because he has risen. He has risen indeed. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Um, It's like a slow clap. You start low, and you build. So, he has risen. 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 And all together now we'll yell, He has risen. Like, crank it to 11. He has risen. Ready? He has risen. Thank you, that was fun. Um, We're still doing good. Um, Jesus was standing in front of his disciples when he said, are you going to leave too? And when we come across the hard teachings of the Bible, the hard teachings in life, God turns to us and asks, are you going to leave too? But we don't have Jesus physically standing in front of us. We don't have this physical embodiment of God that we can see, touch, and feel. We have something that Jesus himself calls better. And so, it says, John 16, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. When the Spirit of God comes, he will guide you in all truth. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you remembrance of all that I had said. The guide, the teacher, the helper. This is the Holy Spirit, the embodiment of Christ God himself that dwells within us to teach, to guide, to be with. So, like, the disciples, they could talk to Jesus but they didn't connect here. They had to use their mouth and their mind as a filter. Um, And I don't know about your mouths and minds. That's a crappy filter. Um, The Holy Spirit lives here. And he can move with you. He can be with you. There's power. There's grace there. And all you have to do is show up. Abide. Abide in him. Abide in the Spirit. Be with him. Be with you. I had actually, I have no idea what abide means. Um, like, I had to look it up. Uh, so abide, so E dash bid, um, is to remain stable or fixed in state. Abide in God, to remain stable and fixed in God. Pause, let that soak for a second. 
<laughs> but so think about that. Abide and fixed in God. Dwelling with him, being with him. It's how you get that. When we come to the points in lives, when we have those difficult points in scripture that we do not understand the answers to, it is a hard one. You see people leaving, and you hear, like, you hear the pull in your heart of God asking you, are you going to leave too? Abide with God, for he alone has the words of life, and we have come to believe and know that he is the Holy One of God, and all we have to do is show up, and he will come and teach and grow, and even if we don't get the answers now, someday we will, and if we don't get the answers, we'll still get everything else that comes with Jesus. Joy, peace, happiness, courage, adrenaline, rush, you know, the thrill of life. Um, it's pretty intense. Like, the times you can hear and obey, those are terrifying, um, but usually really good. And you talk about the disciples doing crazy stuff. Anyways, abide in him. That's a pretty good theory. Um, how do we do it? What on earth does that act like? Literally, what on earth does abiding in him mean? Any guesses? Yeah, just being with him. Um, there's not a really great answer because it's kind of indifferent. Like, how do I hang out with my wife? Um, how do I hang out with my friends? It's different. Um, how do they hang out with other people? Well, that's different too. Um, how do you hang out with God the way you hang out with God? I don't know. Um, but the importance of it is that you do. So Romans 12. I'm not flipping pages. I am hitting buttons. Um, verses 1 and 2. This is Paul talking to the Romans. Um, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. All right? True and proper worship, mental note, this is probably important. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, don't get distracted by life. Quiet your thoughts. Soften your heart. Don't get distracted by the things of the life. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Focus on God. Abide in Him. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, perfect will. When you come to those hard points of life and Scripture, we just don't know. And there's no clear answer. And people are leaving. And God is asking, are you going to leave too? Don't conform to the world. Renew your mind. Does that sound like something worth doing? There's a few nods. So take a second. Think about when in your week is it a good time to abide with God? When in each day is it a good time to abide with Jesus? Think about it. Just literally think about it. Like, where would you fit that into your schedule? Um, yeah. And it'll be awkward. We're doing great. Um, it'll be awkward. It'll be time. And, but the point of it is to actually understand to do, to do it. 
to do it, to learn. Because if we don't know how to do it, we haven't figured it out. Because the goal is just to abide, to spend time with him. Um, some people do it differently. Uh, they'll do worship music and let their mind be drawn into the beautiful words and the pleasing tones. Um, <laughs> confession, I don't actually like worship music. I love playing it. Um, <laughs> but it's not a, that's not a style of music I like. And so that will just distract me. I will read the Bible for a while. Um, that forces my mind into a straight path and then I can spend time with God. Others like to be outside in nature. They do all, everybody's got something different. And the goal is just to learn. Um, that's why we had you get your Bibles today. Because um, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I invite you all to feel equally awkward today as we abide in God together. Um, so for the next 15 minutes, one five, um, we're going to abide in God. Our goal is just to sit still, to be and listen. Just abide. All we have to do is show up and God will meet us there. You know, maybe he'll give you revelations, maybe he won't. Maybe you'll feel great peace, maybe you won't. It doesn't matter. Our goal is just to focus on the goodness of God by the renewing of our mind, by not being conformed to the patterns of this world. Tune down the world, tune in God. And God will do the rest. Jesus loves you just the way you are. He will meet you where you are and be with you. All we have to do is be with him. Jesus does the rest. He is our teacher. He is our guide. All right. So I'm going to go sit down and do this too. I'm done talking. Thank you. Um, in the next 15 minutes, we'll be sitting here abiding. Um, the worship team will come up at the end of it and lead us in two more songs. And then uh, John will come up afterwards and close us out. If you, something hits you guys strong, uh, find someone. Talk. Pair with them. If it doesn't hit you strong, great. It's okay. Our goal is just to find God and be with him. Jesus will meet you there. He loves you just as you are. All I have to do is show up and he will do the work. Yeah? All right. Let's rock and roll.